I'm very excited to share this recording with you guys, which happened at our conference, sasopen.com, with over 100 speakers, all founders of B2B SaaS companies. We have a very high bar for what speakers share on stage, so you're going to enjoy this episode where we dive deep into revenue graphs, real tactics, and real growth metrics. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. And Norway. Uh, I have actually a pretty famous name uh, brother called uh, Halen, if you ever watch soccer. Uh, he's actually from the same place as well in Stavanger, so funny enough, we're not related. So unfortunately, I don't have his talents. Uh, but I'm gonna go over, obviously, you know, the heading is about efficiency in the company. Um, and um, we're gonna talk about three things that has really made it for us. Number one, being uh, you know, Darmesh from CTO coined this, but aligning vectors. It's really, really important when you're few people and you're trying to do a lot to make sure that there's a top-level strategy that everyone is working towards and that we're working in the same direction. Secondly, uh, and now we're getting more into the sales development space, but in, in general, when you have business outcomes that you're seeking to, to get to and outcomes you want to drive, let's say we want to surpass a $10 million threshold. Okay, that's great. But how are you going to get there? Like really bite-sizing it, breaking it down is important. And finally, once you know what actions each individual uh, is, has to take, it's all about motivation. How do you get the team rallied out and, and make those vectors even stronger? So those are some of the things that uh, we're going to go through. Just to set like sales screen in a bit of a context, uh, we should be around $8 million uh, this year. We're a sales gamification platform. Um, so we service tons of different inside sales teams and make their sales work really fun and engaging. So you know, think about um, having your sales team really dialing those extra 10 dials every day um, to get to their outcomes even quicker. So how do you do that? You kind of make it fun and exciting, you engage them in competition, you visualize their data, and yada yada. Not important. The point is, we actually started out as a bootstrap company. So this is ingrained in my DNA. And it happened all the way back in 2011, while the sales screen platform came out in 2014. Um, and it wasn't until 2018 I raised money for the first time. And that's when I heard I was really terrible at spending money. Um, so it took me a year before I actually started to, to have the appetite to burn cash. Uh, but once we started to do, obviously, yeah, you know, growth becomes easier when you're burning money, for sure. Uh, but now the market has turned again, and suddenly it's sexy to be efficient. Uh, we did, as many others, a right-sizing of the team, and we're back to our roots. Um, and we've learned quite a lot of on the way. So that's a little bit of us. So I'm just going to start out with the most important topic, because we... As operators, as founders, and as CEOs, we really need to have a strategy. We need to have a plan. Uh, if you're going to grow as a company and you're going to grow efficiently, you need to have some sort of a vision on how that's going to happen. Uh, so you have that top-level plan, great. Now, you know, 
we need to set clear expectations. We need to communicate it in a way that everyone follows and really create transparency around it. And then make sure that progress is being checked in on regularly, not only for the CEO and exec team, but for everyone. So obviously, I would say that if you get people aligned in going down that path, that's really when you're going to see the maximum impact. Uh, some people uh, might not you know, do it at the same speed or, or really nail this, but as long as you go in the same direction, that's when you're going to move the needle as a company. An OPR framework is obviously one that's really utilized to make this happen. Uh, and we've done that as well for many years. This is a screenshot of our Notion implementation. Uh, the problem for me with OPR framework uh, was the you know, there was something missing from it. We set high-level objectives, we had the key results, it was stretched in them, everyone knew about it, we talked about it, we checked in on progress, but it was still not really aligning everyone. And when people are not aligned, they're, you know, you're gonna do many things that's not valuable to the company overall. Uh, so what practical for us uh, was actually implementing a concept of initiatives. Uh, and I've heard actually several speakers already talk to this. So if you're a founder or an operator uh, in a smaller SaaS with a smaller team, you might not have felt the pain yet, but as you grow, it becomes more and more important to take those key results and break it into monthly initiatives with key deliverables. Uh, so for me, this has been huge. When we actually implemented this uh, concept of initiatives, then we made sure from a top level, I knew that every key result that we were working on actually had something concrete happening. And if there was no initiatives in the company on a key result, how are you gonna to get to that one? You're not gonna to get to that goal, you're not gonna to get to that result unless something changes. Like that is the definition of insanity. Uh, so then you're gonna to have to challenge the one that owns that key result because each should be owned by an executive. That why are we not doing any initiatives? What's going on? You need to gather uh, more feedback from teams. You need to, to promote your key result so that next month when we get together as an executive team, um, you bring me at least three initiatives that's going to influence this key result. Because if not, we're never going to reach you. Uh, and then, uh, you have, obviously, you cannot use that meeting uh, amongst executives to align on your top priorities. Uh, and then you will see that you have coverage. And suddenly, then you can go back to the company and tell exactly, okay, you know, this is where we're at on the year-long objective of the company. This is how we progress on the, on the key results that we set. And this is the initiatives that we completed last month. This is what we're gonna do next month. So when you're talking to someone else, you know exactly what their key initiatives are, what they're working on, and what's important for that. So you can help them. But you can also much more easily say, no, I don't have capacity right now. These are the key initiatives that we're working on, and I have to complete them by the end of the month. If not, it's on me. And this is huge. So when you have that from the top, then you can start to be a bit more tactical on the manager level, uh, on, on the VP level. So, all right, we have monthly initiatives with deliverables. We have key results that we're, we were aiming for, and often they are outcomes. So how do you break them down and distill it into something that the individual contributors can actually action on? Um, this, I call it bite-sizing goals, and it's really about like creating a funnel of, of activity that leads up to that outcome in the end. So I'm gonna give you an example. Uh, we work with tons of sales development teams, and 
um, you know, SDRs, let's build a pipeline, especially in the sauce industry, I thought I was relevant. So I gathered some data uh, from some of our clients to figure out, you know, okay, obviously they want to create five uh, sales qualified leads every month. How do they do that, you know? That's the outcome that you want to go for. Uh, well, mostly you need to have some discovery calls. All right, how do you do that? Well, okay. Um, you have different touch points with them. You call them, you send emails to them, you link and connect with them. All right, so, you know, how do you get that going? Where do you start? Well, you start by adding prospects to a sequence. So you need to figure out the context when you need accounts that you're prospecting, add them to a sequence that generates tasks, and you need to complete them regularly and build a good habit. So now we actually have the actions that can be influenced on the IC level to get to that pipeline goal that we've been talking about. Uh, so actually, how many contexts do you need to add every day? How many calls do you need to make every day to get those meetings? Uh, we checked with like five different enterprise level SaaS teams, so keep in mind these have a pretty strong brand, which makes it a bit simpler, not gonna lie. Uh, but the solution or the answer here is 58. So 58 uh, prospects added to a sequence was necessary to get a meeting in average. And also, you needed to do at least 33 cold call attempts to get a meeting. I actually think this number should be much higher, so I was a bit surprised that it was that low. Uh, we have tons of customers that are more startups, and they have 70, 80, 90 calls uh, to get a meeting. That's not normal. But now that you know the actions that you need to take to get to that goal, the outcome that we're driving towards, obviously it makes things a lot simpler. Because I've talked to people who's doing 10 cold calls uh, you know, a week or 50, like you're never going to get to your target. You need to know what is the actions that we need to take in order to get there. And once you do that, we're starting to, to, to really recognize the fact that as a small team, like as, as an efficient team, we need to put in the work. This is not easy. And you're creating that benchmark and those goals and it's becoming very transparent to our organization. Everyone sees what everyone's working on and you bite-sized the outcomes into key actions that you're gonna take, and then you're getting to the final point. Like, once you have the quantity uh, unlocked, what about the quality? Like, I hear this all the time. Like, well, 70 calls, 33 calls, 20 calls, doesn't matter. Like, one call is enough if it's, if it's excellent quality, right? Well, uh, I would say you need a balance. So you need to have quantity and you need to have quality. Uh, it's not maintainable to do 300 cold calls a day, like that's not going to be good for you. So no, it's not only about quantity. Uh, but once you start to have that funnel of actions that an IC can influence, you can see differences in the team and you can coach them if they're struggling. So if some, someone is making 100 cold calls and getting those meetings, um, great. If another person needs to take 200, there's something wrong in their way that they communicate with clients. Uh, so then you know what you need to coach them on. And ultimately, now that you kind of distill down the top level goals into key results and initiatives that you're working on, and then you figured out in the manager or VP level, what is the key actions that our team needs to take to, to actually deliver on these initiatives, uh, then it becomes all about motivation. So that's the final piece. Uh, because then it's more execution, right? You've done all the heavy planning, you've set your goals, you, you have key results that you're working towards. There is initiatives being done every month uh, and people are working in the same direction. You're heading in the same direction. 
the individuals they know actions they need to take on a recurring basis to influence them. All right, it's going to be tough. Some days you might not hit your call minimums of just using that as an example um, because of X, Y, C reason. Well, you know that's probably not good enough. And when you're falling behind, uh, you're going to also have a problem. How do I like get my team to to catch up? And this is happening constantly, right? Speed is a weapon. We've heard that several times today. So motivation actually is really important that you keep that center uh, of your people strategy to be efficient in a team. So some things that you can do, uh, I would always say that you need to think about the individuals that you have in the team. Um, and it starts with visualization in the center. So I talked about the OKR framework and, and all of that, but really it's about visualizing the work that people are putting in. And once you do that, you create accountability. Uh, people know what everyone is working on, and they know if they deliver or they fail to deliver. So by just visualizing what people are doing, you create accountability and create a high-performing type of environment. But if you're falling behind, you can stir up some competitions, you can have some spiffs, you can try to, to throw in something fun uh, and get people to give that extra level of energy to get back on course. And once you do, you know, make sure you reward them and celebrate them and talk about them. Because it's not only about the money that you're pocketing, it's also about the pat on the back and being seen and being recognized and being, feeling like you're a part of the team. And then finally, I talked about coaching, but you also need to celebrate the small things. And I heard several people talk about that too. And if, if you're not able to do that as a CEO today, it's probably because you don't have the tools that enables you to see the smaller wins. Uh, and there's multiple tools that help you do that. I'm not gonna talk about the tools per se, but the fact is that individuals are motivated differently. Some people wanna climb on top of a leaderboard. Other people wanna get that pat on the back. They wanna be seen by their colleagues because they're socialites. Um, or you know, they wanna explore and, and build their careers. You need to figure out what is people's motivation and need to set that in a structure that actually makes them deliver on those key actions that delivers the initiatives that flows up to the key results and ultimately makes you reach your objectives and the overarching goal. So, you know, in these 20 minutes, I've uh, talked about three concepts that really has helped us at this stage in growth that we are right now uh, to gain efficiency as a company. Uh, and that is, you know, nobody is surplus. Nobody's, you really need to, to deliver and you need to deliver at high pace on multiple areas if you're gonna gain efficiency. So it starts with a top level strategy of the company and you really need to make sure everyone is working in that direction. And if you're failing to deliver as a company then, well then it's the CEO's, it's the strategy that's failed. Uh, secondly, really break down your outcomes and objectives. It doesn't help to be constantly talking about we need to break the $10 million AR or we need to deliver on this objective if people don't understand what that actually means in work for them. Uh, and finally, once they know what they're supposed to do all the time, then it's all about motivation. Just keep them uh, on their toes and fired up and rallied to execute and perform at a high level. So that's it for me. Um, if there's any questions, I'm happy to answer. Thanks, everyone. Cool, Sandre. We have a couple minutes. So any questions for Sandre? Yeah. 
So does your application, does sales screen integrate into a CRM to pull the data and do all that stuff? How do you integrate into the sales teams to, to pull the data and to motivate? Yeah, so the example that I showed, that was actually with data from Outreach. So we typically integrate with CRMs or engagement tools. And we're trying to capture the actions that the individuals can take by themselves and really gamify that. Because once you gamify outcomes, like uh, close to one, one deal, like that's recognition, that's not gamification. You need to gamify the actions that people need to take consistently to get to the outcome. That's where you can actually change people's behaviors. But yes, we do that. Okay. Any other questions? What's your thoughts on how much you expose as far as sales data, you know, with other, you know, if you have big sales teams and like leaderboards of these are the top reps in this region, region, you know, mm -hmm. because some companies keep those blocked off, they don't want to see that. Any thoughts on, on exposing that data to all the sales teams so everyone can see how they're performing? Yeah, I think uh, Ray Dalio uh, talked about radical transparency, if anyone has uh, heard about him and his book. It's spot on. You know, I'm, I'm a very big advocate and fan of transparency in an organization. Uh, and I've had so many customers being afraid to showcase like a full leaderboard because they don't want to, you know, step on someone's motivation. And there's ways you can work around that. You can show top 50% of the team, you know, then it's fine. Um, you're motivating the killers, but let's not just focus on those top one, two percent performer. Uh, you also need to, to, you know, have components that engage with the middle and core performers. So when you're running a competition, not only you know reward the top one, two, three performers, try to make it into a lottery, for instance, so that every contribution counts. It gives you a ticket, and then you spin the wheel or you you know do a raffle. Suddenly, as long as you do something, you know, you can win, and that's going to engage a much bigger portion of the team. So you kind of need to think a bit about the, the psychological profiles in the company and what makes them take as well. That is the perfect transition to our next speaker, because we're going to be talking about inspiring versus embarrassing and creating psychological safety. So thank you, Sandra. Perfect. Thank you, all.